Welcome to Awakening Brilliance, a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of high achieving women and the topics that inspire and empower women to boldly step out in their own brilliance. I am your host, Victoria Baylor. I'm a mindset and clarity coach who is passionate about helping entrepreneurial and professional women gain clarity, confidence, and more revenue to achieve their bold visions and dreams. Be sure to grab a copy of our Brilliant Brand Checklist in the show notes. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on our weekly podcast. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Awakening Brilliance. I am delighted to be with you here today. My name is Victoria Baylor, Mindset and Clarity Coach, and I am all too thrilled to be here with the lovely, 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 ever so elegant Marianne Ganim Papel. She's my guest for today. Marianne, we are super ecstatic to have you. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me and thinking of me. It's really an honor. Well, as I was telling Marianne, and I and I mean this, of course, you know, it's amazing to see brilliant women out in their communities just working for the sake of benefiting other people. I mean, we know as mothers, you know, wives, business owners, like you could really be selfish and <laughs> spend your time taking care of yourself. But it says a lot about a woman that really has values that are pointed toward not only making things great for her family, but also making things great for her community. So Marianne is definitely one of those people. So it really is an honor uh, to be here and have her on the show today. Um, so Marianne, actually, you know, I like to throw the mic a little bit your way because I like to get these details perfect. But please, if you don't mind, just take a few moments and kind of let our listeners know who you are and like the causes and the things that you do that are so important to you. Well, gosh, where do I begin? So yes, I'm Marianne Gannon Popel. I was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I currently own Savannah Master Calendar, which is the community's um, calendar of all the events that go on in Savannah. It's one place to find everything. Um, Co-founder and co-owner of Good Cause Marketing, which is a marketing firm. Um, my family has Johnny Gannam's Wine and Package Shop. So, um, you know, kind of got my hands in that a little bit. I am a mom of three boys and married to my husband, Rob for almost 17 years and uh yeah we just we're go go going and I'm so blessed that my family and my boys are loved and well taken care of and it's just it's very important to me to instill in them that um you know we're not in this life alone and this community is what we have. And so I just love being able to teach them that everything that we have, we should give back tenfold. And um, I feel really proud of them, my boys and my husband and my whole family that we're all able to continuously help others. I love that. And first of all, I don't know how you do it. First of all, first of all, your boy, mom, I think it's extraordinary. And I mean that in the good sense of like, I gave birth to my husband. My husband's a sucker. I have a daughter. I mean, I basically gave birth to him in girl form, but that's another <laughs> subject. I was just an incubator. But you have three of the most handsome, most precious boys. I would be whipped. I mean, there's too, too many little princes running around. How do you kind of keep everybody in line? Um, I, you know, I, I yell. 
Like, I try not to yell. I go through periods where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be super calm. And um, when they were younger, I read all the books and I was going to be, of course, that perfect mom. Cause no one had ever mothered before, especially with number one, everything had to be perfect. Um, and then number two and then number three, it's like, whatever you can eat dirt. I don't care. Um, but there is a um, parenting method, I, I guess what you call it, but it's love and logic. And it is one of the most incredible ways of parenting and really through life, through business. Um, so it's like you, you do everything with love, but also very logical. And so I'm naturally a very logical person. I need to know, like, what are the reasons behind this, you know? And so you give, you give the kids two options or three options. So it's their choice. You're teaching them to make choices for themselves. Um, but you're doing it out of love. Like, I understand how you feel, but these are your choices. You can choose these choices or you can go to bed, you know, and it's that simple. So I try, I really try to keep that in my, the back of my mind, but there are times where it's just full on crazy train snakes are coming out of my head and I'm pretty sure they're all scared of me. I don't blame them. <laughs> Sometimes I'm scared of myself and I can't get away from myself. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I just, I adore them and um, they each have their own personality. Uh, one of them is very much like me, which is really funny. Um, my husband calls him MJ for Marion Jr. or Mom Jr. And so when he gets the little attitude like I get, we are just headbutting. And the other two are very much like my husband's. So I think I've learned how to um, navigate through their little personalities. Um, but it's tough because, you know, they require, everybody requires attention. So my husband yeah. wants attention. Each boy wants attention. I'm very involved in, you know, my businesses. So they all want attention. Clients want attention. And, um, and that is something I struggle with is like, when do I get attention? Um, so the last year during COVID has been, I think, good for that. Like where I can just take some quiet time and go outside or go on a walk. Um, because I've not been by myself in my house for over a year, you know, and I just, it's a lot. It is. And I, you know, it's funny. I, I love that. Well, I think we'll just start there to get started because I love working with or connecting with real women. And I love when the realness of things are shown, because I think that's what actually alleviates the pressure for women, because women tend to think when we look around, we're trying, we're striving, we're like, I think I'm the only person that's a hot mess out here. <laughs> we realize that collectively, we're all a little bit of a hot mess. But it's about really being able to kind of own what your reality is, and then be able to choose yourself. So I love it. Just even hearing you say that, because a lot of women struggle with that. And if you're listening in and you know that's a struggle for you, just really take into account kind of what even Marianne said. She's like, even if I can go for a walk, just have some time because it's a lot. And I don't know, women tend to feel guilty to admit that. It's like you're in a wrestling match and you're tapping out. Why, if you could give some advice to women, especially being that you are one of those can do it all get it done and still kind of keep yourself sane. What advice do you give for women that feel embarrassed about saying like, it is a lot? 
Um, I don't ever think you should. I think I would say 99.999% of women, maybe hundred percent, you know, feel like a lot of times they're in over their heads. Now I admire those women that can say no and yes. stick to their schedule. I am not one of those women and, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. It took me a while to be okay with that. I was like, Oh, what am I doing wrong? You know, either I thought I should be able to do it all or, um, I thought maybe I needed to say no a little bit more. Um, I, I probably do, but I don't think you should ever be ashamed or embarrassed, especially if your heart and your mind is always in the right place. Um, and and I, I say this a lot, but my mom always said like, never do anything out of spite, you know, as long as you're doing things for the right reason. And so I feel like most women, you know, were intelligent creatures and, you know, we're out there trying to figure it out and we are juggling a lot. And I think as women, we do tend to, we're able um, to kind of juggle a little bit more. Um, we're not always so tunnel focused. So, um, and, it, and we make it look easy. And I think that's where that mistake is. And I say, it's not necessarily a mistake, but it's, you know, we just, we make it look easy, but on the back end, I'm horrible at returning phone calls and emails. And, you know, I keep saying like, I need a full-time assistant. I know I need a full-time assistant and I'm not an overly, I'm not OCD. I'm not controlling. It's just a matter of when I hire that assistant, I want them to be happy and I want our communication to be okay. You know, to where I'm not, I need somebody um, that can really be a wrangler. And I don't know if that person exists. Um, and so things are going to fall through the cracks, but the thing is that I have to within myself know that I'm not intentionally doing anything. I'm doing everything I can. And if I don't get to a task in a day, fine, I'm going to move it to tomorrow and I'm going to try to get it done. What tends to happen is that obviously clients, because it's a yeah. business, they tend to take you know, first priority and my children and my family. And a lot of times friends get put on the back burner. Um, and, and that's a hard thing. Cause I have really, really great friends, but we're all working, we're all in it together. And, um, so whenever I think one of us has downtime, like we'll send an encouraging text, but that's what I, nobody ever gets offended that. And, you know, generally with friends that, oh, I didn't respond. And most of them know, you know, like they might have to send a text four times, but that's my downfall. Everybody has their own downfall, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think you should ever feel guilty. I think we're all doing the best we can and you just have to figure out what you're good at and go in that direction. That's all we can do. Well, you make some excellent points. I mean, the first being self-acceptance. So just like you said, just relieving the pressure. And I think a lot of, oftentimes the pressure comes from ourselves. It's not even people putting it on us. It's the things that we think should happen. Oh, we have babies here. <laughs> we do have babies. They have a lot to say. <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. No, they that's all right. Like their opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so the self-acceptance part, and then the part of, I love knowing your limits. So knowing what you're good at. And then as the old saying goes, always hire for your weakness. And I, you know, because as a mindset and clarity coach, I work with people, women for a living, I love pointing out their strengths, but what also makes me happy is to point out the areas where it's not their strength because it oftentimes relieve pressure because they're always trying to make those 
things, their strengths. And then I love the last part you mentioned, which is community, having understanding people around you that aren't sucking you dry. I think that's really great advice that everyone listening can um, definitely, it can resonate with them. Uh, I'm going to ask you a quick little icebreaker since we kind of skipped over that. And then we'll get into kind of like, you know, the woman behind, you know, the good cause, so to speak, uh, or the good causes. Marianne, um, when it comes to icebreaker, I know it's just popped in my head. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Because if I had to guess for you, I, I don't think I would be right. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Okay, what was your guess? I don't know. I'm a mix between, I know I'm thinking something with cookies in it, like cookies and cream or cookie dough, or, oh, I don't know. There's something else, like maybe rainbow, like maybe birthday cake. <laughs> so random. So I am an ice cream fiend. I'm a sweet, I'm a sweetaholic, like love sweets, love ice cream. My favorite, favorite ice cream is peanut butter chocolate. Anything mm. with chocolate. And then I mix it in. And so I also love, we have a tradition in our house. My husband makes us, um, um, we call them milkshakes, but I'll do um, peanut butter, chocolate ice cream with extra peanut butter and extra chocolate fudge. And then we put Oreos and sometimes brownies and I, it's never too sweet. Like it's a problem, but peanut butter, chocolate is my go-to. And um, I love, um, I used to be obsessed with Baskin Robbins back in the day when they were, well, I guess they're on every corner in Florida, but not so much in Georgia. Um, yeah, I can eat that all day long. Well, you know, listen here, the tolerance levels on the sweets. Look, I'm, I'm there with you, boy. I had to, uh, yeah, just some stuff is just really good. You can't, <laughs> you got to indulge, right? Every once in a while. My 30 pounds from COVID was peanut butter and manels. You know, sometimes it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a lifeline during the, the tough times. <laughs> so with that being said, um, also I think because of COVID and you and I chatted briefly beforehand that, you know, just being sequestered and having to stay in, just another little icebreaker, I'm curious, where's the first place you wanna really, really travel to once like everything is lifted? We can look behind the COVID spot in the rear mirror view mirror mm -hmm. so we had um my one of my i'm really close to all my cousins um and one of them was turning 50 in 2020 and we had about 30 of us go into greece and so um that was my husband's fifth and mine's 15th wedding anniversary so we had um planned it to go to greece and end in paris for our anniversary and that trip got canceled obviously it was in we were leaving the end of May of 2020 and then we were going to be gone for three weeks. So um, I'm still really looking forward to that trip and my husband's never been overseas. And so I was just really excited about that. Um, but if I had to go, we've talked about, you know, somewhere local is um, the new Star Wars um, park opened at Disney World. And so we had promised the boys we would oh, wow. take them there. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Um, we'll probably do that before they get too much older. Um, and then I have um, a group of their cousins and friends, and we did a girls trip with just us um, a couple months ago where we could kind of get out. We just went to a house where we were able, it was on the beach, so we were able to, you know, not be in public. But I think we're going to do that again soon, just just to get out and and not be a mom and not have responsibilities. I'm looking forward to that. 
No, oh my God. Well, you know, again, I think it's really important to highlight because a lot of um, entrepreneur and professional women really do struggle with sometimes creating those boundaries and, and feeling okay with taking time away, not being a mom for the next 36 hours, you know, being able to just have free time with the girls or just sequestered by yourself. And I don't think we can highlight that enough because I feel like where we're really shaping up, like as you and I talk about, and what's really evident in your life is that you have very strong values that are important to you and that you you seem to kind of uh, direct your life in the direction of those values, you know, with having that philanthropic part of yourself and then having that, you know, definitely family oriented self, part of yourself. Let me ask, um, and I will just kind of slide into our session together. When, first of all, what are the most important values to you? If I'm not being in intrusive, and then when did you decide they were that they were most important for you? And they, that was like a deal breaker. Like I gotta have these in my life. So I'm a firm believer. Um, I was raised by my mom and grandmother and aunt, so three very strong women, and it was always taught it's God, family and then everything else. And I was raised in a family business. Um, so that business sense, I think comes very naturally to me. I don't know if it's just because I was always there, but it's always God, family, business, God, family, friends, business would probably be, you know, the most important thing to me. And that's, um, you know, no matter what anyone's beliefs are for me to raise my children, um, with some kind of higher being to know that there's a higher power other than us. And I think that is really important. And I think that's something that we all miss out on in today's society, that there is something else greater than us, no matter what your beliefs are. And I think um, that is part of not to get too preachy, but America is freedom of religion and freedom of speech. And so it's whatever you choose, but know that you are not the most important person or being in this world. And I think that's important for everyone to understand because everybody gets so self-absorbed and it's so much like, oh, this is only, like you said, especially women, like this is only happening to me. Well, it's not. Everyone is going through something. And if we would learn to be there for each other and support each other and not tear each other down, I think we could all be way more successful. And yeah, it's natural. Some people are going to have more success than other people, but we should embrace that and celebrate that and not be hateful of that. And so that is something I'm so passionate about is just knowing that you are not the end all be all. And, you know, I know that about myself. Um, and then family is huge for me. Um, I just lost my grandmother in October and she was a huge influencer in my life. Um, they called us big ham, little bacon. And um, she was incredible. You know, she taught me everything um, about beauty and business and social um, aspects of life and just everything. And so, um, she made me stand in front of a mirror, you know, every day for 10 minutes and practice my smile. And like, this is how, this is the first thing people see. And it was very important. Like, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, if you're not kind to every person you come in contact with, you're not going to make it like, you don't have to be a jerk. And, um, and business, you know, I watched her count money from, the day I was born until almost the day she passed away. I mean, that was her, her thing, you know, she was very, very 
smart. She did not, um, she wasn't a flamboyant, you know, she was just, she was smart about everything. And my mom is the same way. Um, and teaching my boys that, and then our friends, I think, um, the way the world is now, we all move around so much and there's so many friends that have become family. And again, learning that growing up in a family business, people that really essentially worked for us became our family. Um, and that's just how it's always been. And I hear these, you know, it's, oh, you got to keep business and family and friends separate. And there's, there's some truth to that. I think it depends yeah. on on what you're doing, but at the end of the day, if you're not being true to yourself and you're not yourself in every aspect of your life, I mean, those things should be able to mix. You should be able to be a boss, an employee, a friend, a, you know, a mother, a father, whatever that is, because if you're being true to yourself and your values, I don't think it should be that big of an issue. Well, that would put you on a different side of the coin. <laughs> I love it because so many other um, women are taught otherwise. It's the, you know, your life is guided by the perception that people have of you. You should enter into careers that are going to give you status. Um, you should make, it's a dog eat dog world out there. So if you're not out there sharpening your elbow and pushing it aside, you're not going to make it because you're a female and you're at the bottom of the totem pole. So there's all these mixed messages we get and you think about the way, and it's not coming from a judgmental standpoint at all for me, definitely not. I mean that in, a, in the most loving way is that I think sometimes we don't stop to think about what we think about and we don't stop to think about what we want. And I love that what you just said illustrates that you've thought long and hard about, okay, well, this is what, you know, it's kind of my upbringing and this is what I subscribe to. And this is important to me. And I think that really shows evidence of why you have a strong sense of contentment and just even the love in what you do. Because I think it'd be hard for you to fake, Marianne. I'm sure you're multi-talented, but I think if you really loathed what you did every day, I think it'd be a little bit hard to fake it. But here we see you on billboards. And it's funny, I was in the car, I saw one of your billboards uh, passed when I was driving by and told my daughter, I said, oh, there's Marianne. I mean, the what you kind of ooze out, I feel like is just what you said, that authenticity. And what I really want to highlight for other women is that that authenticity is actually available for them. What do you think gets in the way of women being very authentic and tapping into their own value systems? Well, I think we're competitive, number one. So we see other people's authenticity, you know, and we want to replicate that. It, that's, not, that's not authentic. Mm -hmm. You need to find out what it is, what are your values? How do you stay true to you? And then this is a conversation um, my husband and I have had quite a bit because um, we both grew up in family businesses. He still works for his family business full time. And when oh, wow. you've got your parents and your, um, and their siblings, and there's always this sense of, um, I guess, almost jealousy or competitiveness of who's going to, who's going to be the next generation. Um, and, and dealing with that, that family circle every day, day in and day out, it can become difficult. And when I walked away from our family business full time to do my own thing, um, and then kind of have been getting back in slowly, we talked a lot about it and he was a somewhat resentful towards me, um, because I did just walk away from the job. And so we were fortunate that we still had his income to be able to, um, take care of our family. Um, and he'll say, you know, also you should be happy 
he says that he doesn't believe that people can enjoy what they do day in and day out. And I strongly disagree. I think that you have to enjoy it on some level. It may not be your dream job. Um, but you know, like an accountant for me, number crunching every day, and sorry if I offend anyone, I don't mean to, but number crunching every day is not a dream for me. And it may not be a dream for somebody that's in that, but on some level, they have to enjoy that. Um, you know, whether it be retail or food service or whatever it is, that little impact that you make on another human day in and day out is what's important. And I think, um, in today's society with reality TV and seeing all of these big stars that just because they're an influencer, you know, they, they're making, we see they're making money. They're successful. They drive a nice car. They live in a nice house. Well, that's not reality for probably 80% of us or more. That's 85% of us. Mm -hmm. And so I think knowing that reality of what is actually attainable for us and, and, being comfortable with that day in and day out, you know? Um, and so I am very fortunate that I was able to jump into something that I love and build on it. But there are days that I want to sit in a corner and cry. And I'm like, why am I doing this every day? Does anybody care? Does anybody notice? Maybe I'm wasting my time and that's real, you know? So yes, I love it. Yes, I want to do it. At the end of the day, I have to be making, I have to have some income, although I'm really bad at charging people. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But this is what I do for a living. So just like, you know, I go to an attorney to, you know, defend me in whatever criminal case. I'm not really a criminal, but, you know, if I had to, obviously they're going to charge me, you know, it's, um, and, and I, I struggle with that. And, um, marketing in general, that's what my degree is in. It's what I love. I've always loved it. Um, it comes natural to me. That is how my brain works. And so it took me a long time to come to that reality of, oh, people pay money for this, you know? And so um, it, it did, it took me a minute and I had to build that confidence of, I know what I'm talking about. And I can't just continue to go business to business and everybody that asks me for things to just be like, okay, here's all my knowledge. Um, yeah. So that was, it was a tough reality, but it is reality. And I think you have to find the aspect of what you do every day and, and hold tight to that. And, and I worked in retail for years and I love retail. I love making people happy. I love talking to people. Um, you know, so it's just, you just, you got to find it. And it's not, if somebody else is judging you by what you do, that is their problem, not yours. Well, I think uh, if everyone listening, I, that, that last statement of itself, hopefully should just kind of help people drop the weight and some baggages, because there is a lot of guilt that a lot of women, and I see this all the time. And because I do really step into the, the, the muck with women as a mindset and clarity coach, a lot of it is the, inter the internalized, um, uh, ramifications that happen when 
they're trying to carry their brilliance. Like you mentioned, they're trying to really create a reality that's amazing and to tap into those things they're really good at and use them. But then there's that guilt that kind of comes with it because they get feedback or maybe a backlash. And then they start to want to just kind of like hide their gift and be shameful about it. But I love that you push through and you're bold. And I really love the fact that you're adamant about the, 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 the sense that you can actually do work that you love. Like you were speaking my language because that is so important. You know, we have one life and, you know, going through the, the motion of doing something is every day and it doesn't resonate. It's so soul draining. And, you know, when you think about it from that sense, I know it might seem a little bit far-fetched, but it's like we have a lot of women that are just zombies every day. They get up, they go through the motion, they give all their heart and soul away to everybody else. It's not recharging them. And the beauty of doing things that are in alignment with yourself, as I love hearing your story as you unfold it, is that it really does charge your own battery um, and gives you that zest. And it really pings you in a way and fulfills you that in a way nothing else can. But it also is just life. You know, there's times where you're like, I love the, the transparency where it's like, oh my God. <laughs> What, what, why am I doing this, you know, or the emotion comes with it. I think it's at least maybe, nah, I'm not as bad as I used to, it probably was daily, but I would ask my husband, I'm like, you sure you don't want to go to Mexico and be avocado farmers? Like we can run away tonight. <laughs> I tried to get my husband to move to the Keys and sell t-shirts. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, and I, again, I so appreciate you and your transparency because I think it's this kind of conversation that relieves the burden and the weight and allow women to know that you are on the right path and that you need to still walk that path of gaining greater clarity because you offer value. And I love hearing you say that when you have value and you can do what other people can't, that deserves to be compensated. I love seeing people get paid top dollar for what they offer. Um, I was telling people the other day, I had a client that we worked together for three sessions and she didn't really kind of, she was kind of floating in her, her business and they were doing a merger and it was really making her feel insecure. And after we started pulling out her gifts and her abilities and like, I've never seen her in person. I have never physically touched her. I just talked to her. But what it was is that it was just nice to help unveil those things that were right in front of her face, that brilliance. And she walked in and asked her boss for $20,000 and got it on the spot. And um, yes, and it's funny because she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I was like, um, let's be clear about something. I don't make diamonds. First of all, God makes diamonds. I just polish. And I think that is the point. Every woman has that diamond. So thank you so much for just showing us your polished size, your sparkly size, and then showing us your size where you're like, ugh, it's <laughs> a lot. You know, something as you're talking, like I'm thinking about, I mean, as women, you know, and we can take this so many different ways, but we weren't really recognized as brilliant people or intelligent people. We were behind the scenes. We were to help the men, you know? And so I look at it from a personal perspective. Um, our nationality is Lebanese. And um, again, like I watched my grandmother, she loved men. And I say that, like, I mean, funny, but also I would watch these men be jerks and they still always put them on pedestals. And so growing up and seeing that, it was there, there's a level of like, where I'm like, okay, that's normal. And then to where I realize this is not normal. We don't have to, um, 
make these men think that these actions are okay, whatever, whatever, if it's business or personal, you know, inappropriate, whatever that is. Um, but I saw that my whole life. And even as, even though my grand, my grandfather passed away in 72 and my grandmother ran the business, but still always gave credit to, she had three boys and two daughters always gave the credit to the boys. The men were the ones who were successful. And until like I got older and my mom got a little more involved, it was like, actually, no, we're running this show. And so, um, and that is something even, I don't know if you've ever seen um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, this kind of, it's a great heard about it. Yeah. Here's oh a great my gosh, it's so great. But, and it's filmed <laughs> in the, I guess, fifties or sixties. And it's, you, you see these secretaries um, or women working for these big executive men and they did the secretaries did all the work but they mm -hmm. were just a little secretary and so I mean we joke like in our nationality you know the women are the neck and the men are the head and we're always turning it turning them but it's something <laughs> to think about like own that it's okay that the man if if that's what you want that he's in the front but you're intelligent and you are writing this story you're writing the script so be confident in yourself, you know? I mean, it, it's okay to have more than one successful person in a household. My husband and I can both be successful and we can both be intelligent humans that can have a conversation. That's okay. So I don't know. That's That was a total tangent and I'm sorry, but no. it, it's just, we really, women haven't been able to be on the forefront um, as long. So we are still navigating it and that's okay. I mean, you're bringing up a, a realistic point. So, you know, this is one of those things you don't, you want, you don't want to address symptoms. Well, you don't want to address a problem and then not, well, just look at the symptom and not look at the causing agent. And it's so easy. I have to do a live a little bit later, but I was thinking about confidence. It's so easy how we tell people, oh, just be more confident. Just be more confident. Like that is the easiest thing to do. I mean, most people are even misunderstand what it really means to be confident. So you're right to be in a vulnerable situation where you're stepping out. First of all, you're dealing with whatever's going on in your own head, the self-doubt, the this, that, and others. And then you have all these social cues you're picking up as well. And then you think about the way we were raised and then what society thinks. It's a lot on the, the shoulders of women when they're trying to launch themselves. So I think having these conversations like we're doing is so supportive because it helps women see it. We want to normalize brilliance. <laughs> we want to normalize having a voice, having opinion. And again, in doing that, we are giving back and able to connect. And I love it because when I, my husband and I talk all the time and I, and I really appreciate like you having a very supportive husband because there, child, there've been times I was like, you sure you don't want to go? <laughs> like, pig, <laughs> like I'm giving you your ass. <laughs> like you can sit in the shade and I'll do all the work are you sure you don't want to go and he'd be like no just hang in there but you know teamwork makes the dream work I'm like we wear the same jersey dude we're on the same team and I and you're right and I think it goes back to what you said earlier is having those people where you don't have to explain that knowing the type of people that connect with the same values knowing people that respect you and not having that jealousy like when I look at you I like it makes me it, it always excites me because you're a great person and we you know we've always had this cool way of connecting since we met and you and you just started out when I was a newbie coming into kind of the business arena in Savannah you were always welcoming and I love this whole sense of I don't think 
watching a woman shine diminishes in any way. I think Mother Teresa talked about that. It doesn't blow your candle out in any way. What it does is just shows you the, the other sides of diamonds. And I'm like, shine, girlfriend. Ooh, go do it, Marianne. And I think if we knew enough about ourselves, we're all diamonds looking at each other. We just don't know sometimes what we have. And again, like I mentioned earlier, just being able to have that having someone to just kind of ignite something in you. So I, I really feel like today you've kind of ignited things in other women um, and just kind of help them see, kind of get back to themselves. Is there any other kind of advice you feel that were really important? We kind of talked through values. We kind of talked through kind of where you're at. I, actually, I'm curious. I know we, we have a little bit of a, um, we want to wrap things up shortly, but I want to know about little Marianne because I you have this I wouldn't call it feistiness but I love you have this zestiness to you but I feel like you do have a little of that good sense kind of feistiness that's just like I'm gonna live life on my terms was that the younger Marianne was that in her oh yeah <laughs> I think I always march to the beat of my own drum um I was pretty sure I was gonna be like this big time. So, okay. As a child, my dream was to go to New York and be an actress. I wanted oh, wow. to go to Juilliard. Um, and I had intended that I was very protective of my mom. I don't know why, but I was like, she's not going to have to pay for it. I'm going to move to New York and I am going to be a cosmetologist. I'm going to do hair and nails and makeup. And I'm going to put myself through Juilliard and I'm going to be the best actress there ever was. I don't know when that dream, I don't know if it died. Um, I'm not really sure, but then I got really into fashion and um, I applied to FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York and got accepted um, winter semester or quarter. I can't remember what it was. So that was January. Wow. My mom and I went up to look for an apartment and it was snowing and the campus was all over New York. And so I was gonna have to walk in the snow and I just busted out crying. And I was like, I want to go back to Georgia. <laughs> And, um, what yeah. is this white stuff yeah I was like this is not cool I, I don't do this I like nobody can see my cute outfits under this big old coat really can't. Um, so but I was always a spitfire um I you know growing up in the family business I would um if there was ever a challenge at school I was a girl scout so selling girl scout cookies or candy bars for school or wrapping paper I would stand behind that counter at Johnny Gannam's and all the regulars would know they're like crap here she is again she's selling something <laughs> and I'll be darned if I didn't win every competition there ever was I was like always the top salesperson um I just and I I don't know I've always loved people I've, I love and my mom um, makes fun of me because she would always say I would talk to a stranger and she used to go to aerobics classes at the YMCA on Wilmington Island and she said she was walking down the hall one day and this man was like is this your daughter and he just thoroughly enjoyed conversation. I apparently had told him our entire life story. <laughs> and um, I just made friends with everyone. And I, you know, I still, I enjoy, I genuinely love people. Um, and I think I always have and always wanted the best. I love learning about people. Um, but I will say when you say that, you know, as we're, especially as women, one diamond to another is that not all personalities mesh and that's okay. Yeah. Um, that is something else that took me a hard time. Like if somebody didn't like me, I, what can I do better? What can I do to make them, you know, I just, I couldn't imagine. And then I know there's, you know, very, a very small amount of people, but people that I just don't click with. 
and that's okay. They are very, they have, they're on a very different path, or if they seem to be on a similar path, we're just, I don't know. And, and that's okay. I don't wish negative or harm, but I accept that. And I know that we all can't be um, besties or in there, you know, but I can root from them on the outside and more power to them. Um, but I think that's something also to embrace is that we're not all going to love each other every day, every minute, and that's okay. But yeah, little Marianne was pretty much like big Marianne. I talked a lot. I love it. I think, you know, oftentimes um, as we uh, wrap this up to a close, I think, um, and I really do extend this to um, the listeners that it's important sometimes just to take a, a trip back and remember that that girl is still there. And sometimes in our youth, we see the most purest form of ourselves before society gets a hold of it and beats us down a little bit. But I love, I think what your story proves that in, in maintaining that truth and being true to who you are and what you love and connecting with people and having very strong values and being able to use those gifts to better people, even in the work you do, that it's just going to make for a fulfilled and brilliant life. So Marianne, I am so appreciative that you use your brilliance every day to really just help other people be better and to just, just uh, man, inspire all the, you know, the people that come in contact with you. And I appreciate the inspiration you've given me just watching you work a room and be yourself. Um, as we close up, is there any last thing you want to share? Any event you want to direct people to where they can support you or purchase from you or anything? I'm going to leave a few minutes open for yourself. Sure. So um, Good Cause Marketing, um, one of my companies, we work with the mansion on Forsyth Park and we are doing uh, martinis at the mansion on the third Thursday of every month. And it's a great opportunity to come get um, a specialty martini and meet people. And we collect $5 at the door and it goes to a different nonprofit every month. So um, it's just, you know, it's kind of getting into the good old days before COVID of networking. Um, and hopefully as more people are vaccinated, we'll start to increase the numbers um, that can come. Um, also, I'm super excited. I am honored that I get to work with New York Times bestselling author, Mary Kate Andrews. Ooh. He has her new book coming out, The Newcomers. Um, because of COVID, they weren't doing like a real, we normally do a big book launch, but she is going to do an event at Seaside Sisters. Um, which is on Tybee Island on May 8th. It's the Saturday before Mother's Day. And she will be there signing books and they'll be selling books and there'll be gift baskets, um, raffles and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and then I would just be so appreciative if everybody would go to savannahmastercalendar.com and follow it and sign up for our newsletter. And we have a really exciting project coming from there soon. So hopefully okay. June or July, you'll see something um, that's going to hopefully help a lot of people in Savannah is my goal. We'll see. Marianne, you were awesome. Once again, thank you again for being the guest on Awakening Brilliance, showcasing the, the true to life of what your brilliance looks like on a day-to-day -day and how you inspire people and are inspired through your day-to-day -day life. But thank you so much again. And we look forward to, of course, seeing you and all your ventures out there following you. And of course, um, thank you for all you listeners for tuning in and be sure to catch this episode, share this episode, and then look forward to um, future episodes as well.